If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. This is the all time Misfits Podcast. Welcome to the All Time Misfit Podcast, where you have yours truly, Little B at Brunelli Sports, Chris, aka Hater at Supercharged33, and Tyler at T underscore Dement. Sorry that me and Tyler missed last week, but we're ready for this week. Uh, we have a loaded show. NBA previews, uh, Sunday Night Football, the games of the week, and the pulse that we got going on. We'll go ahead and start. We have Sunday Night Football predictions, which is the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll go ahead and pass this over to Tyler and see what he has for uh, Sunday Night Football predictions. Yeah, I'm uh, expecting a slugfest. Um, Las Vegas Raiders, they're better than what I thought they'd be this year. Um, I know Lil B, you know, he kind of thought that they would be pretty good this year. Um, I didn't. Um, and they, they've been pretty solid. And I think that they're going to really give the um, Chiefs a test tonight, um, you know, assuming that they can score enough points, which I, I think they might be able to. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and pick the Raiders at home to win on like a last-minute uh, game-winning drive. Oh, wow. You're going to have the Raiders beat the Kansas City Chiefs twice this season. Yeah, and, and, and a slugfest, man, and a slugfest. I mean, uh, probably like a 34-31 type game, something like that. You had to bring that score up, didn't you? You just had to say that score. If why, you're wondering why, that? that's the score of the Colts-Packers game today. Oh, well, you know. We'll let we'll let you cry and reminisce over that here in just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and uh, give my predictions. Uh, I think it's gonna be a good game. I think Kansas City will definitely be out for blood after uh, Kansas uh, Las Vegas came into town last time earlier in the season and bet, beat the Chiefs at home for the first time in I think ten fifteen years tops. First time uh, Derek Carr beat uh, them in Kansas City. So I think. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and company is going to go into Las Vegas and uh, show the Raiders what's up. I think it will be a good game. The Raiders have only really been blown out once against Tampa Bay. So uh, I don't think it's going to be a complete blowout, but I think Kansas City will win this game at least by two scores, 10 to 14 points. I'm going to go ahead and I'll say like 35-17, 35-20, something like that. Uh, Chris, what do you have for Sunday night predictions? Oh, man, I thought you were high on the Raiders, man. Fix them to be a playoff contender. Uh, I'm high on them. I'm just saying, you know, I don't I don't see them beating no, Kansas City twice. Yeah, I don't see them to the right handprint for the outlet. I think the as well, they got a plan that I'm going to buy. Pilot Hill couldn't have a pretty good game, I, I, I'm thinking. Uh, I got him pretty 24 
Yeah, that's a good game. I think we're all on there. We'll go ahead and keep moving on to our Thursday night uh, thoughts uh, from the Arizona Cardinals-Seattle Seahawks game. I didn't watch much of this one. I did watch the first half and then went to bed. I would think uh, that the Arizona Cardinals made it a lot closer again. I thought that for sure uh, Seattle would handle them in home this time and show them what's up. But can't, uh, Arizona is a lot better than I thought they were. Cliff Kingsbury is probably a little bit better of a head coach than I gave him credit for at the beginning of the season. Uh, everybody wants to give uh, Kyler Murray MVP hype, which he deserves. I still put him up there. He's probably number three now behind Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, you know, dueling it out at one and two. You can either flip him back and forth. I give it to Aaron Rodgers right now with uh, what he's done with uh, lesser weapons and uh, so many injuries that he's dealt with, but they're still winning. And he's looking just as good to prove that they didn't need to draft Jordan Love. So, uh, yeah, um, Russell Wilson, he's definitely hurt his chances in the MVP race. He was starting off pot, but I think that's over. I don't know if he can make a comeback. Um, but, yeah, that's really all I have for this game. Uh, definitely uh, Seattle look good, get the W. They're probably going to be the number one seed in the NFC, but I really don't think the NFC is any threat to the Super Bowl. I think it's all about Kansas City. So, Tyler, what do you have on Thursday night? Yeah, uh, like you, I actually only seen the first half of this game, and I know that, you know, Arizona tried to make a comeback at the end, and, and Seattle was able to hold them off. But, I mean, I'm not really surprised by the outcome. Um, I mean, I, if you guys remember, I had Seattle winning this division and going to the Super Bowl. So, rather that part happens, rather they go to the Super Bowl, we'll wait and see. Um, you know, their defense hasn't been nearly – as as good as what I thought it would be. Not that I thought it would be great, but I figured it would be uh, way better than what it's been because, really, their defense has been pretty um, awful this year, uh, to say the least. So uh, not really surprised by the outcome, but I, I figured the Seahawks would win. Yeah, same here. Chris, what do you have on Thursday night? I want you guys to saw the whole thing. Um. <laughs> Well, we can't help it that you stay up all night. That is not our fault. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it, it, like that. Definitely with well, that. You're, I mean, he has no chance. How do you fall asleep with his girlfriend in the background screaming all night playing Call of Duty? Well, yeah, that that is that is a very true point. Yeah, well, she actually worked that night, so she went that early. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the the. Yeah, yeah, it very much is. It's one of probably the best uh, division or closest division in football right now is the West. And it's a great conference or division to be watching right now because they're all great teams. There's not really a bad team in that division, unlike some of the other ones going on right there. Uh, the only other one you could probably give it a little bit better is the AFC North, but the Steelers are running away with it. The uh Lamar Jackson and company have been looking awful lately. 
uh, Lamar Jackson is definitely not the future of that franchise. He is all over the board with his accuracy. So, yeah, I, I really like watching the NFC East over there and seeing what they do. Um, so we'll keep on moving on. Uh, before we move on to the Pulse and uh, the other big news, I think this needs to be talked about before we go into everything. It would definitely be mentioned earlier of the Misfits games of the week. But losing Joe Burrow for the year, the Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, could anything else go wrong and worse for that organization? Thoughts and prayers out to Joe Burrow. It is a torn ACL. He's tweeted saying he'll see us next year. And uh, I think we're all excited for this. And I just think that also means uh, it's Justin Herbert's rookie of the year to lose. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, Tyler, of Joe Burrow? Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's super unfortunate. You never want to see a guy go down, but especially first overall pick in a draft where, you know, he, he looks super promising and good. And, you know, it, it sucks. It does. And, you know, like you said, um, I don't even think it's a fact of, of Herbert losing it. Like, in my in my in my mind, Herbert already has the rookie of the year locked up. Um, I mean, yeah. even with Burrow, is going to be tight. And he and honestly, Herbert might have been leading the race anyways. But yeah. I mean, now now that now that Burrow is out, I mean, he's he's got the thing locked up. But you know, it does suck for for Burrow. But you know, Burrow's a tough dude, and and he's going to be back. And and I don't, so I'm not really worried about that. But at the end of the day, it still obviously is unfortunate, and it sucks for him and for Bengals fans and pretty much football fans, period. No one ever really wants to see that kind of thing happen. Yeah, very much so. Couldn't agree more. I think you pretty much hit it on the head. It was probably Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert's to lose. I mean, he's been doing what Joe Burrow hasn't been doing and putting up touchdowns after touchdowns. Herbert is going to probably beat every single rookie quarterback record known to man this year at the rate he's going so yeah it's pretty much probably uh it was herbert's with burrow just coming in second it does hate to see it i mean it's the Bengals' fault for it to happen i mean you know players get hurt but they keep putting that offensive line out there week in and week out it was bound to happen for a quarterback to get hurt back there i mean look at ryan finley after burrow went out he was getting hit left and right that offensive line completely fell apart the only good thing about that offensive line is Jonah Williams that whole besides that you have to completely rebuild so uh I'll pass it over to uh Chris to see if he has anything on the Joe Burrow before we move on I mean the Bengals ain't had nice things and time to get nice things but them yeah you know I I I said this from the beginning of the year I I really thought that they could have they could have meant uh no for the whole year, not because of the talent. He's got the talent. It's the lack of their love of the talent around him. Yeah. They got no offensive line. And throwing this guy out there from the wounds, basically. And this is the result of it. Yeah. Honestly, if I'm, if I'm the Bengals ownership, this thing I'm not. I would have fired my GM because I should have fired myself because the Bengals have been so fucking um, cheap. They, they weren't cheap last year, but they've been cheap in years past, and they haven't practiced well in the past five years. And this is what happens when they try to prove that it's hurt. 
again, that was an honor. Yeah, and this news probably gives Zach Taylor another year, you know, losing yeah. the number one pick. You know, even though they haven't looked that good, they keep losing games closely. They might just say you get another offseason and another year to try to win, even though I think it's a mistake. But I think that's what's going to be happening with a lot of teams this year. I think a lot of teams are going to give coaches an extra year of coaching, even though they don't deserve it due to COVID and all the situations around football and OTAs and training camps and no preseason, you know, the list is long. So I think a lot of coaches will get an extra year. And I think Zach Taylor might be one of those ones because of the Joe Burrow news. Uh, before I move on, do you guys have anything else to say? Uh, no. All righty. So we'll go on and move on to the uh, big news of the week that the best news of my week, really. Uh, the Packers finally wised up. Gave David Baccarati. I know this was talked about last week when I was out, but it's on the the rundown this week, so I can talk about it. The massive contract making them the you know number one paid offensive line men in the NFL, which is I think what he deserved. He is the best left tackle in the league and probably the best offensive lineman in the league, and he deserved to be paid as such. Uh, it's good to know that Aaron Rodgers' blindside will be covered for the next four to five years. And that should be the end of Aaron Rodgers' career that he never has to worry about. And that means hopefully that David Broccarati might retire as a Packer, as a one, you know, staying in the with us the whole career, which would be amazing. You don't see that as much anymore in this NFL. So I'm very excited about the news. It's definitely going to put a massive strain on our cap space for next year when we have a massive prediction of like, I think, 27 or $32 million decrease because of COVID this year in the cap space. So it's going to put a lot of financial straits on some teams. So I think a lot of these free agent players that want to get paid are going to be looking at one year contracts to hopefully wait for next year to get their big contracts because the teams are not going to have the cap space to play the pay these guys that they want. So signing David Baccarati now was smart. It's going to help our cap space because we're using our leftover cap from this year to pay some of that contract now. So it was a big signing, and I think that pretty much means Aaron Jones is walking the offseason. I don't think we're bringing back much of our players left unless we do some cutting, and I don't think that's enough because we're going to be hurting in cap space right now. But, Tyler, did you want to say anything on the contract extension since you were out last week? or? Um, actually, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even see that that actually happened. I know that you had been talking about it for a while, but I didn't know that it actually happened. But um, that that's good, obviously, for the Packers and for him. Um, he's an impressive player. Also, just as a side note, he's also an impressive beer chugger, by the way. So that's always a <laughs> uh, good plus. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, I'm referring to, it, just in case anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, um, I think it was, in the past years, I think it was last year's um, NBA playoff games uh, with the Bucks. He was sitting courtside and was chugging beer. So yeah, yeah him and Aaron Rodgers. I don't. Yeah, yeah well, Aaron. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers yeah. can't chug for the life of him. But uh, yeah, but, no, yeah. but, but he can though. Yeah, yeah, he definitely can. I mean, Aaron was awesome. That yeah. <laughs> the big news about David, though, uh, the funny thing is, so four years ago when he got his contact extension, it was literally the day before the Packers played the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
four years later, he gets his contract extension the day before they play the Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, David Baccarati and the Packers must love playing the Jacksonville Jaguars and paying David the day before because it literally came down to midnight. He signed the paperwork or agreed to the contract extension on Saturday, the day before the game. So, uh, and also his quote from signing the contract after winning the game against Jacksonville was like, he's going to go home, celebrate with his wife or fiance and drink some beer, drink some more beer and uh, drink some more beer was his quote to celebrate during this quarantine and COVID time. So you got to love David Baccarati. It is being, yeah, I knew, uh, (laughs) I knew Tyler would approve of that, but yeah, his uh, contract is going to be worth over a hundred million dollars. It's over twenty million a season. That's and, a lot but, of beer. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of beer. <laughs> so we'll keep on uh, chucking along here and move on to the next big news. Uh, Freddie Freeman, again, I predicted this winning the MVP. I know this was talked about last week, but this is another prediction I got right. I predicted uh, Freddie Freeman would be the NL MVP for the season, and I called it. He deserved it. Now, another person who needs a contract extension, putting that out of the world, Freddie Freeman, Braves, lock him up. Let's get it done. Let's not let him leave. I know he's two years away, but the man deserves his contract extension. Forget going to get Marcelo Zuna back. Forget trying to bring in another crappy pitcher. Give Freddie Freeman his money. He deserves it. He earned it. He's the best player probably in all times for the Braves. He's up there when it comes to batting, not pitching. I can't argue some of the pitching we've had. But he will probably. I'm hoping to keep him as a brave for his old career as well. Tyler, do you have anything on the Freddie Freeman MVP? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be short on this just because I don't think there's a whole lot to say. I mean, it's not really surprising that he won. I think he deserved it. That's pretty much all I got on, on that. Yeah, so we'll keep on moving on to the pulse of the week, and we'll start with the NBA offseason. We even mentioned this in our chat, our group chat, that we wish the MLB offseason would be like the NBA's offseason because players and signings and trades are going left and right, flying down the middle. So there is going to be a lot we miss. We're going to try to cover the big ones and the good, the best ones out there. So if we forget anything, we apologize, but there's just too much going on in the NBA world. If something happens next week, we might try to cover some more. But as of right now, we'll just cover the big ones that are going on or have happened. And saying that, we'll go ahead and say that Serge Ibaka reunites with uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I think that's a great sign. I've always liked Serge Ibaka since his days in Oklahoma. I wish he stayed. I was always a big fan of the Thunder. I thought they were going to be the next dynasty with Westbrook, Durant, and James Harden and Ibaka. Now they're complete trash and fell apart. and They've never done anything. So I have nothing more to say about that, Tyler. You're the bigger NBA guy. What do you have on Serge Uh Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. Um, the Clippers lost uh, Montrezl Harrell, um, you know, and they – so basically, essentially, they replaced him with Ibaka, um, who is a really good player. Um, and I think that, you know, Serge Ibaka has always been a guy who's been, like, a really good, like, number three option on a team. And this is, like, the perfect place he can go and, and be that again. Um, you know, he kind of struggled a little bit, I think, to fit in in Toronto. Um, I think that, you know, being it with the Clippers, 
obviously you got Paul George there and Kawhi, but you know outside of those two, I mean Lou Williams obviously, but as far as another uh, big in the front court, I mean Abaka is going to be a really big help for them. So I think it's a really good signing. Chris, what do you have on Abaka? Yeah, you know, uh, they got him uh, him and uh, Kawhi on that for Toronto and Toronto. And we find Van Fleet as well. We're not going to get to that, but I think that's a great signing for uh, Toronto. He played really well down the stretch in the playoffs. Um, Barker's always been like, a solid player. Uh, even when, like you were saying, that in uh, Oklahoma, he's just there. Uh, I, I think it's Newton's better than guys. Newton, guys can take minutes and uh, pull a roll, and I think he, he, he did that really well. Yeah, I agree. We'll go ahead and keep moving on to the Sixers dumping and getting rid of Al Horford. This is not shocking news. I think uh, the Sixers are pretty much trying to rebuild again. I don't know. Are they just trying to dump money? It's a contract dump. Yeah, I mean, it is a massive contract for Al Horford. I never understood the signing for him last year when they brought him in. Uh, I thought they could have done something else, but Sixers get rid of Al Horford in that massive contract. For what, we don't know. Let's we'll see what the Sixers yeah, do. They ain't green. Yeah, Danny Green in that trade, by the way. Yeah, I'm, Danny Green, just like a couple other guys, is just that journeyman, a good journeyman. He he has his, you know, his days and his Moment. Yeah, y'all know my opinion on Danny Green. I'm not just saying. <laughs> I'm not trying to hate on Danny Green, but Danny Green is nothing special. He's just a good all-around player that will have great days and then be awful the next. Tyler, what do you have on Al Horford? Um, yeah, I mean it's exactly what what it is. I mean Philly wanted to dump Horford. Um, it makes sense for them because. He never really made sense in the first place when they when they got him. He he never really fit in. Um, it was always kind of a weird a weird combo with him and Embiid. It never really worked out. Um, I still believe that Horford's a pretty good player, um, but it, it never really the chemistry was never there with the Sixers. Um, I, I'll say this though that you know Danny Green to me is trash. I'm just gonna be honest. Uh, you know, he was a pretty good role player for the Spurs, but, I mean, we seen him last year with the Lakers, complete ass, just to be honest. Um, I, he's not the same guy. I don't know why, but he's just not. Um, you know, he, he's out there to play some defense, shoot some threes. Unfortunately, he did neither of those good last year. So, um, but, you know, the they did get Terrence Ferguson in that trade, too. Um, who's a really young player, not really a great offensive player, but um, he is a really, really good defender. So, I mean, that's probably the best the best thing they got back in the trade as far as Philly goes. But um, it's all about just dumping a salary because he never fit there, and he never was going to fit there. So it was good for Philly, you know. Tyler, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, you completely went Hello? muffled. And, yeah, you're, you went muffled on us and – that sounded like you're down a tunnel hollering. <laughs> oh, well, that ain't good. Did you hear what I had to say at all? Yeah, we heard that. Oh, okay. It was just the last, like, two, like, ten seconds we lost you. 
Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Well, I'm good. I think at least, but I, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I, uh, before we move on, because I have something to say on another note of the Sixers, but Chris, what do you have on Al Horford besides what you said already? Uh, I don't like him. I mean, I don't like the fit with the fit from the I never understood it. Um, might do well in um, Oklahoma City, but he's just not a new game plan of what Oklahoma wants to do. But Oklahoma got some black hits out of that as well. They're not going to pick up a contract like that and not get anything. They got, uh, I think they got, what, a, a first round hit and next year, this year, or, yeah. For Al Horford deal? Yeah. It was a lot. I, I, just had it pull, I had it pulled up. Hold on, I'm sorry. I was looking up the other thing I wanted to talk about, about the Sixers, because it makes no sense to me at whatsoever. But before Name we move on. makes no sense, by the way. Uh, yeah, green. so, well, well. The Philadelphia 76ers get Danny Green and Terrence Ferguson, and the Oklahoma City Thunder get Al Horford, Vasilia Minnick, a 2020 second-round pick, and a 2025 first-round pick. So they don't have that first-round pick for another five years. Oh, yeah. That's that's That's, 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 that's so weird. I mean, that's strange. Yeah, you don't see well, that yeah, often in pick. most sports, trading draft picks. Yeah. First and that round, pick that we way. don't even know about because it, I mean, if the if if the Sixers are good, then then obviously that pick is is kind of irrelevant. The only yeah. way that but, that really actually turns out to be good for the Thunder would be if, for whatever reason, Sixers are just you know off trash. Yeah. But I will say this though, because he because Chris brought it up, I, I will say this: assuming that Horford is healthy and all, I. I I think he'll have a really, really good year in, in Oklahoma City this coming year because because he'll be the only guy in Oklahoma. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, they they SGA they have Shy Gilgis Alexander there, but other than that, I mean, as far as like offensive talent, they're they're going to be lacking that big time. So he he definitely could have a resurgence in his career in Oklahoma City this coming year for sure. Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out what Oklahoma is doing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, speaking of the 76ers, you know, I just saw it while I was looking up the Al Horford. What are they doing? Like, why are you trading away Josh Richardson? Josh Richardson is a good, solid player. He is 16 points and five assists most games in his career right now. And you trade him to and a draft pick, Tyler Bay. To the seven, uh, to the Dallas Mavericks for Seth Curry, not Steph, Seth, his younger, his younger brother, or his older <laughs> brother. Yeah, like, who is complete trash. But the Sixers trade away Richardson, who's a young, young talent who's really good, and a, a draft pick for Seth oh, Curry. Like I know why. Think about that. Think about the connection there. Not living from Seth Curry like. Yeah, I, I, th- that trade, that, that trade, that really I, mean, this I don't know why. Yeah, I don't either. Just, it wasn't on the rundown, so I, these guys don't know much, and I don't know much about it, but I just saw the trade. It makes no sense to me. I'm, this is also a little biased. I always like Josh Richardson coming out of Tennessee because I'm a Tennessee fan, but Josh Richardson has also been really well in the NBA. 
and he's been ex- exciting. He's a great player. I shouldn't say great. He's a good player. He's a good, solid team player who can help teams win. And you're going to trade ben him Murphy, away. Ben Sorry. And they and they traded him away for a 30 year old crappy shooting guard who doesn't even come close. If I can, if I can jump in just for a second, go right ahead. Okay, so I I agree with a lot of what you said. Josh Richardson is is a very solid player. Um, he can do a lot of things, decent or to good, I guess you would say. Um, I also don't think that the like the compensation matches um, the the player of Josh Richardson. But I will say this though: the thought of what they did makes sense because the Sixers need shooting, and, and even though we're talking about Seth and not Steph, um, yeah. you know he can't shoot the ball very very well. Um, yeah, so so I, Josh- I kind of under I, I get I get where they're coming from in making the trade, but I don't think that the player they got in return for him is enough. But I get what, where they were coming from with making it because, you know, they they do lack shooters in in Philadelphia. They must be trying to do something bigger. That is a little plan going on here that we haven't seen that obviously if it hasn't happened. But yeah. They have, have to be made in another move. Yeah, they have to be. Also, Clay Thompson totally forgot to put that on the list. If I'm Dallas and that trade is offered to me, I take it 100 out of 100 times. That trade, hey, I mean, Dallas, Dallas completely and utterly stole the lunch money from the 76ers there and ran away with it and bullied them into that trade. Yeah, That's the only way. But we'll keep moving on because that one makes no sense. This is probably one of the bigger news that, News of the week and the one I hate probably the most because it deals with the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Lakers make a trade and land Dennis Schroeder. I'll go ahead and pass this off to Tyler because he knows a little bit more and is a little bit better with basketball than I am. Tyler, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, re- I mean, I, I'm just going to be honest. I don't, I'm not a fan of any team that LeBron James is on. Um, yes. I'm a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, have been since I was like 12. So, yeah, I, I can't get by with that. But, I, I mean, honestly, th- this is a good move for the Lakers. Um, Dennis Schroeder is, is a really, really solid player, like really, really good. Um, you know, in, in Atlanta, as the main guy, you know, he showed that he's he's a really, really good player. And, then, you know, then he goes to OKC. Uh, you know, they basically was playing like three point guards a lot of the time there. Um, shows that he's also a really good sixth man. Uh, I think that this really is a good move for the Lakers and gives them like a legit point guard, depending on how they want to play him. I don't know if they'll have him in the starting lineup or if they're going to have him like the six-man role. Don't know exactly how they're going to use him, but they got a really good player here in this move, and and it's really good for them. Um, Also, just to kind of throw that in, uh, the Lakers also was able to steal in-town rival – Clippers player Montrezl Harrell, um, who also is is a is a fine player. Um, so yeah, I mean the Lakers they they honestly they did nothing but get better um, so far in the off season. I don't know if you guys want to hear this news about the Los Angeles Lakers. It's breaking news. Los Angeles oh. Lakers signed Marcus Saul to a two year deal. Oh, I actually did just seen that too. Uh, I'll go ahead and comment on that real quick too. 
Uh, I love hearing I, this. I, <laughs> so, I, I've always been a really no, big fan, by the way, of Mark Gasol. Same here. Uh, I've always been a fan of Mark Gasol. Um, but I, I, watching him this past year, I, I just fully believe that the guy just I, – I don't think – I think he's just washed, um, and guys get that way. I, I think he's I just watched defensive. him with the Raptors. Yeah, he's always been a defensive guy. That's always been his calling card. But he could do so many things. He actually is a pretty good passer, pretty good scorer, considering that he's a big. But I, I just think that all in all, when I watched him with the Raptors this year, he looked, um, I mean, for lack of a better word, disinterested um, in the game. He looked tired. He didn't look, he like looked he tired. Was, he didn't look like he was into the game, didn't look like he cared about the game as much. Um, so I don't know how good of a move this is. It's a cheap deal, so it is what it is. Um, if somehow he finds himself and ends up being even half of what he was in uh, Memphis, then they've got a good signing as well, another one. But to me, he just looked very disinterested this past year in uh, Toronto. So for the Los Angeles Lakers as well right now, Dennis Schroeder is lined up as the starting shooting guard for Los Angeles. And then with probably with the two other signings, because, you know, Kyle Kuzma is right now on the starting depth chart under power forward and uh, small forward. So you got to think Marcus Gasol is probably going to be the starting power forward or maybe Marcel Harris, depending on the game or the matchup that day they want to play. Or those both of those guys will just rotate a lot for the power forward and, Pizat, and uh, the power forward spot while Kuzman plays the small forward position. But all the Lakers have done is pretty much say, F you, rest of the NBA, we're going to go and take the 2021 NBA title with these moves they're making. I don't think he Yeah, no, to... and it, looks, it definitely looks that way because they're, they're super deep. Like, death was actually a problem for them this past year. But, man, they brought back KCP, too. Now they got Harrell. Now they got yeah. Schroeder. Uh, Gasol. I mean, they're, they're loaded. They're loaded. I mean, it's early. But, man, I, I don't know how they could not be the favorite for sure for 2021. Yeah, just to go back on Schroeder really fast. That was the thing. That was the thing. Sorry, not Oklahoma. The Lions, you know, they're done. The Warriors are done. They're done, too. Yeah, I think they're close, too. And Portland, you know, I don't know. Portland. The only team with when healthy that could probably give them any run for their money, and it's not even in the same – Conference might be the Brooklyn Nets when they get Durant and Kyler, you know, them guys healthy. They could probably give them a run. And it depends on what happens with Jonas up in Milwaukee. Does he stay or does he land, go somewhere and, and become something, you know, get a massive deal somewhere and tries to play? Or does he, who knows? It made all those plays for him not to find that would suck. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, just to go back on the Schroeder. Uh, last year in 65 games, he averaged 19 points, uh, three, four assists, so and four uh, and four rebounds. I mean, can you really argue that from a point guard shooting guard? That's a pretty good. I mean, that just makes the Lakers that, uh, much better. Yeah, it does. But I'm the fact that he had a really good playoff. I mean, I'm not saying that he went it up, but he was noticeable. I think it was what, Dan Green or something? He had a really good game? Yeah. yeah. I, I like him at, on the offensive side. 
Yeah. So do you have anything else there, Chris? I know I didn't give you a lot of uh, chance to talk about these last two things. Um, yeah. Martin Hall. Uh, I think he lost. Um, I, I just think that, you know, he played more of a role than he was probably expecting to in, in um, Toronto. Yeah, and, uh, in 44 games, Marcus Hall had seven and a half, eight points a game, six total rebounds, and three assists. I mean, for a big guy who's more about a defender. That's about what you're hoping for. I mean, that's really right. below his career average. That's about for points. That's seven points less than his career average. But also, you know, in 44 games, that you don't really can translate sometimes about the data with points scoring. I'm wondering if they might limit his minutes and might see a production. Well, he's definitely seen less minutes over the last couple of years. Uh, he was only he was down to 24 to 26 minutes this season. I mean, he with Montreal wow. Harris in town, he doesn't need to play a full game either. That's the other thing. Exactly. So he might get a, a more fresh and better Marcus All just making the Lakers. He might be more motivated. You know that that team has a, a much more legit chance of uh, winning the title. Oh, very much so. That this is the best chance Marcus All to get uh, get a repeat. You know, or not a repeat, but get another title. But we'll go ahead and keep moving on with some more NBA news. Uh, we also have uh, the Hawks making moves. I mean, we could name a thousand moves that the Hawks have made. I'll go ahead and pass this one over to Chris because he's the one who's been talking it up all week. So, Chris, what do you have on the Hawks? Oh, the Hawks. Oh, Brian Wilton Hatton. They got a Mark I call it that thing. <laughs> Bogan Bovanovich? Bogdanovich. How do you say his name, Tyler? Bogdan Bogdanovich. There you go. Yeah, they got that guy. You can call him Bogey for short. I'm calling him Bogey. From now on. Yeah. Then they brought in Chris Dunn. Yeah. Dunn. Uh, Jardinari. I can. I've never been able to say his name either. Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo is a great pickup. What? Is he, what? No, that's the guy he, I want to talk about. Rajon Rondo. How is it for, for that whole Lakers run? I I think now I'm talking about a guy who's washed. He I had mean, seven like, points, no, three no, assists. He's not the guy who loves with the Celtics. Hell no. And he was but a one-trick pony while he was with the Celtics. It was always that cross layup with the right hand. That's That was his move. Yeah, and gotten... <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it was frustrating because that's all he did, and teams would fall for it left and left and left and right. It was just like, guys, do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's not just you know, the, the play that he plays. It's the attitude. Yeah. That don't he have a pony. And so it and spot, so you would think he would not be a bone, but uh yeah. I like that attitude it's definitely an attitude adjustment from the heart, but it they needed it. Yeah. So yeah, the hawks is a great pickup. I mean they're all good pick yeah. Bogey's probably uh, the most important uh, pickup for them. Be mate with Dynalia Gart whatever Tyler can say the name I can't. Uh, by the yeah, way, the, the Milwaukee, Milwaukee 
fucked missing out on him, it's not even like the biggest list of the NBA agency so far. Who's that? Milwaukee not getting him, not getting both. Oh. Yeah, four-year, $72 million deal. That's a pretty good little chunk of change for Bogey. That's good, though. He's worth it. And it, clears up, and it, it includes a player option in year four and a 15% uh, trade kicker for the restricted free agent. The Kings now have 48 hours to match. So that was two hours ago. So yeah, we'll see. they I mean, they that's no, the Kings have always been. Now let's talk about a team who's cheap. It's the Kings. Yeah, the Kings have always been cheap. That's why Tyler, what do you have on all the Hawks moves? Anything? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the Hawks. I, I like what they're doing. Um, they've got like a ton of really talented players. Um, some of them are really young. It's going to be interesting to see how they use all these guys. Um, Rondo, I mean, Rondo is just a playmaker. Uh, he's a really good rebounder for a point guard, for a small guy. Um, I've always really liked Rondo. His way of playing point guard is kind of now considered outdated um, because so many guys now can score the ball at a high clip, um, and that's not what he can do. Like you said, I mean, he's he's really basic when it comes to offense, but he can – He's a good playmaker, and he can rebound and, and um, you know, all that. So I, I, I do like it. I just wonder how it's going to work because uh, Trey Young dominates the ball there. I'm assuming he'll probably be coming off the bench for them. Um, in oh, some easily. Kind of that's, what, that's all that Rondo is now. He's not a starter anymore. Uh, Bo, uh, Bogdanovich, um, yeah, I mean, I really like him a ton. Um, I, I don't think that Sacramento will match that offer, um, although – I think you can make an argument that they should um, because he's a really good player. He's super young. He can do it all. He can shoot. He can play make. He rebounds. He does it all. Um, he's a good player. Um, Gallinari, um, also a really good um, pickup. He he can just – he straight up just scores the rock, period. Um, you know, I mean, he, he's going to go there and be able to put up numbers because he does that pretty much everywhere he goes. Um, he's a really good scorer. Um, so I mean, I like what they do. They got they got a young team there, and you know they yeah. brought in another young piece and Bogdanovich. And the biggest thing for me is seeing how all these pieces work together because I think they definitely have the talent to be a, a decent playoff team in the East. Um, but how it all fits together is still a question for me. Yeah, you know, you want to say uh, fits together. NBA is probably the one team where dream teams actually work or players work because it just does. I mean, look at many times that, you know, you put these big three or players together and they work because that's all you need in the NBA. It's the NBA is probably the only sport. That's not really a team sport. And yeah. You have five other players and other players, but I mean, look, LeBron James has carried multiple teams to the finals and won finals on his own. It just proves that I think NBA out of all team sports is probably the least important about team. It's more about a player. It's always been about a player or two or three players. You don't need a whole team to win a championship. You just need the player. And I think the Atlanta Falcons or Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Hawks are uh, building a decent little team that could at least try to compete. But still, I don't think they're anywhere near. Listen with the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> right. No kidding. Um, so 
Any other comments about all the Hawks moves or anything else going on in the NBA before we move on? Oh, we got to talk about Gordon Hayward. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the big, the big, big, big news besides the Dennis Schroeder is the Charlotte Hornets signing uh, Gordon Hayward to a massive contract, four-year deal. Gordon Hayward, since being in Boston, hasn't been the same player he was before going there. I mean, it's a big signing for the Charlotte. They're trying to make something because Michael Jordan apparently doesn't know how to run a team, even though he's probably the greatest player ever. Just because you can be the greatest player in your sport doesn't mean you can run a team. And he's proved that because Charlotte has never really been a contender or have ever really looked good since he's been there. Uh, and then definitely their draft pick. I am not. You can hate me all day long. I don't think any ball will ever be good in the NBA. Lonzo is a whatever player, and I think his brother is going to fall right in his footsteps and be meh. I don't think he's going to be anything special. But uh, Gordon Hayward going to the Hornets. What do you have on it, Tyler? Um, I like it a lot. Um, the the Hornets also was able to waive Nicholas Batum's huge deal, who is a guy who never should have got a deal he got in the first place, but. Gordon Hayward's a really good player, and I loved him in Utah. And I think that in Boston, um, there was so many guys there who could score and, and do so many things that he got kind of in a lot of times became lost. Um, that probably won't be an issue in Charlotte. I think that he'll come right in and be able to be like probably their number two guy. Um, so I think that his numbers are going to go up big time compared to what they were in Boston. Um as far as the draft pick, you know, with Ball, uh, I've never been a fan of um, the father, Ball. I think he, the dude's an absolute nutcase. Um, not really a big fan of Lonzo Ball, but they say that uh, LaMelo Ball is probably the best ball um, that there is. So we'll see. Um, for the for Charlotte, I mean, hopefully for, for their sake, you know, that – he is the best ball. Um, I mean, what what does that matter though? Like, is that is that a high grading standard? Oh, he's the best ball out of three balls. Like, oh god, that means you can average <laughs> one point more than freaking yeah, Lonzo. That's a lot I mean, of balls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, well, the, the one the one ball the the one Leangelo, I believe is his name. He is not even an NBA talent, so he he's irrelevant. But they're claiming that that Lamella will be better than Lonzo. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Lonzo's a decent player in the NBA, but I don't think he's great, and I don't think he ever will be. No, he's never lived up to the standards. I mean, no, there's no reason that the, the Lakers created him. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, he is what he is. He is nothing special. He'll never be anything special. And I, I think his brother will be falling right in his footsteps. Uh but, you know, I'm not trying to hate on the kid. I mean, good for him. Get lucky for being drafted. I, if he shoots anything like his brother, the Charlotte Hornets are in a lot of trouble. Uh, well, hopefully they don't have a lot of trouble. By the way, Gordon Hayward, I thought he was way better than he was in Boston. And what a disappointment. Yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, and I'll have to say Tyler came up with a lot of good points. He did get kind of put behind the – Back burner there with uh, Brown Yeah, there was a lot of mouths to feed there. The too many mouths. Yeah, there. Mar- as well. Uh, yeah, Marcus. Yeah, I mean, he's not Yeah, he definitely did. I mean, he this was uh this last year he averaged you know 
15 or 17.5, 6.7 and 4.1 assists. I mean, he had a pretty decent season in yeah, Tyler made a lot of comments, so I hope the best for Gordon Hayward. I've always liked him, and I and Tyler came up with a lot of good points that made me question it, his uh my stance on the signing for him, and hopefully that in Charlotte he can reaffine the good old days in Utah and bring that back for them because I would like to see Charlotte. I like seeing teams that never do anything actually do something, so it's exciting for him and for the team. Yeah, no, it's exciting to see Charlotte actually doing something. I mean, they find new things, but I'm like half that. I'm like two and a half hours. I'm like two and a half hours from Charlotte. I might actually go catch a game this year. I've been talking. Me and my brother have been talking. Yeah, me and my brother have been talking about it for the last five. We might actually go do it. (laughs) You know, Um, try to catch. Especially after the whole COVID thing, like it's nice to do something. Yeah, that is also very true. So uh, we'll keep uh, moving on. one more thing about the NBA uh, contracts. Go ahead. Yeah, a lot of average fucking guys making a lot of money. Some yes, average, John. Like, some average fucking dudes making money that in other leagues, average dudes wouldn't be making this much money. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's actually very shocking. Definitely after the the playoff ratings and how bad they were, you know, I'm shocked mm-hmm. that money's being tossed around like they are. This could, this could be the year where all these players are getting this money and then NBA. Loses the last year. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of these players might be getting cut again next year because they realize they overpaid and the con, you know, they can't afford it because NBA is really hurting themselves with a lot of the stances and things they've been doing. And I mean, the playoff and the world, the, Championship series, you know, the was the lowest rating championship series of all times. And, you know, there's nothing going on in the world. And the only sport really playing in crappy college football games had double the viewership for them. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the NBA this upcoming year because uh, if they keep going. I, I, I was also thinking that Sacramento might not make a lot of because I think Sacramento is still under. You might see a lot of these teams go under. Yeah, they definitely could happen. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with these teams because they don't have the money to keep playing these players. You know, some teams are not like the Lakers and the Celtics that have the tradition and the history that have the fanship that makes them all the money. So these Sacramento Kings and these Oklahoma City Thunder, these teams that just don't have the same power base around the world could be in a lot of trouble. And it will be interesting in the next year or two to see what happens with the NBA because if they keep going the road they're on, they're going to be no longer NBA. And I'm not a big NBA fan, but I would hate to see a, a, fr- a whole NBA franchise go down, you know, a whole a f- sports system go completely down because of decisions by the higher ups. And so we, that's a whole another matter that we can talk about on another podcast on another day, because that itself is a topic that can be talked about forever. So we'll go ahead and move on to our buy or sell. And uh, this is a big one because of the, this weekend, uh, 15 football games are canceled. So is co- college football season in trouble? Tyler, buy or sell? Sell. Um, I think that if if this was like earlier in the season, um, maybe my stance would be different. But I think that at this point we're far enough into the season that I think they'll find a way to make this thing happen the rest of the year no matter what, basically. Um, so for that reason, I, I'm going to sell. 
I completely agree. I, I'm selling this as well. If it was game two, maybe something else I would probably buy, but we're six games into the season. There's only four or three games left for some of these teams. It's only a 10-game season. I, I don't think there's going to be a bowl season this year because of COVID. There might be a playoff because you could do at least what the MLB, the NHL, and the NBA did. You can do a bubble, put these the four teams into a bubble in two different cities or the same city and just have them play and keep COVID out. So I could see that happening, but I really don't see a bowl season happening. You could do that with the bowl too. You can do a quarantine for all these teams if you want to try to have somewhat of a semi-bowl season. But I honestly don't know if you'll have the amount of teams getting six wins to be eligible for a bowl season this year. So I also sell on the this buy because the season's pretty much 70% done. Chris, what do you have? Yeah, I'm selling, I'm selling it. Uh, I'm also going to sell it in hopes that uh, they, they lose the, the more eligibility factor of this. And you have teams that are in 5 and 0 that are more eligible technically. But, you know, 5 and 0 teams have just as much of a crowd at the end of the ball game than, you know, uh, an uh, SEC team. Didn't yeah. they go out on Lindsay's minutes? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's, there's not enough teams out there with the wins for a bowl season. I mean, you could probably I do mean, some why, of the things. Why, why wouldn't you want no offense to Tennessee volunteers, by the way, but why wouldn't oh, you want to see the volunteers in there the instead of, like, Lincoln? Yeah. I can tell you right now, they can get rid of the toilet bowls this year. There's no point to keep them around with this season. I think they said that there's nothing to be, like, 20 bullets. Well, I could see that because, you know, the playoffs itself is two, four games. So, yeah, that's more than so that's more than. And then, and the, then you can have all the, the – you could just do the January 1 bowl games. Those are the bowl games that matter. Those are the yeah, fun like bowl the games. Bowl, yeah, the Orange Bowl, bowl. Cotton Bowl, the Outback Bowl, whatever. The big ones in January 1st, do the, yeah. anything in December, the toilet bowls, get rid of, move on. Not yeah, the Outback Bowl or the uh, World Camping Bowl and the Music City Bowl and the to- whatever, you know, Toilet Seat Bowl. I mean, that's what it's coming down to. There's so mm-hmm. many of these damn bowls uh, because it's just not the year for them. But we'll go ahead and keep moving on. I'm going to need to get a little bit of more of a definition from uh, Tyler or Chris here because he's the one who came up with this. Coaches extensions. What do you mean? Is this for buy or sell? Uh, coaches we're, doing that, we're doing that for the last one. Are we, are we going to extend, uh, I want you guys to extend, are, are you extending these uh, college coaches after, you know, Oh, definitely not. I am selling, our, I'm selling that all day long. Um, I'm sorry. I mean, look, look at Virginia Tech right now. They gave Justin Fuente this massive contract extension because he had one good season. And they're like, this is it. This is our guy. He's our future. And then after that contract, he completely falls apart. Tennis, or Virginia Tech is now locked into this guy for at least another year because if they cut him this year, it's like $12 million that they have to still pay this guy for doing nothing but losing and making this team look like trash. I mean, it's going across the football world. Oh, you had one good season. We're going to give you a contract. Here you go. I think, honestly, these coaches are – they they're most of them – look at this as a business anyways there, there's no loyalty 
to stay with the team anymore. So why are you being loyal to them and giving them a contract so early? Let them play out at least, you know, give them a four or five year contract, give them a long contract, give them time to bring in their, you know, their recruits. Because usually by year three, year early four, you'll see where they're at. You know, because sometimes the coaches come in hot, look good. Tennessee with, uh, oh God, before Jeremy Pruitt, I can't think of his damn name right now. You know, he looked good brick, brick by brick. You know, we had a couple of good years with Joshua Dobbs, Butch Jones. There it is. So we're like, you know what? Here's a contract extension. Crap. You know, and we just did the same thing with Jeremy Pruitt. One good year. Now we look like tr- trash this year. Yeah, there's a lot going around that. But our offensive line was supposed to be a fantastic, but it's been trash. Our quarterback, don't get me down that road because it's a road I won't ever be able to get off of. I've actually stopped watching Tennessee football this year. It's not fun. It's not worth watching. Our quarterback is awful. And why they keep throwing him in and out of there is beyond me. So I am selling this all day long. It makes no sense. Make these coaches prove it through a whole contract before you give them a contract extension. Tyler, what do you have? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I got to sell too. Um, it, sometimes they're just too soon. Um, you've seen it so many times. Um, and, you know, sometimes it does work out, but it seems like more times than not, it doesn't. And, you know, like you said, too, they have no loyalty to these schools. Um, you know, we see all the time. Right now, what? I can't hear you. What? Are you listening to Clint or something? Well, I mean, if you want to know, I was getting a shot of whiskey, but that that that's, that has nothing to do with what's going on with my uh, sound. <laughs> what were you saying? Oh, that? I mean, if you really, you really want to know. But uh, anyways, um, you know, we've seen many a times how these guys will get like, um, you know, especially smaller schools. Um, yeah. You know, they'll they'll give these coaches extensions. People, other schools will take notice and be like, oh yeah, well this guy is so great, let's bring him in, and then bam, they're gone like the next year for a big time school, and they leave them in the dust. So. And, yeah, I mean, that's why I don't have a problem with, co- like, you know, giving a, co- a college coach a longer-term deal, like a five-year deal, maybe a six, let them prove it, and then give them a contract extension. But don't sign these guys to a four-year deal, and then two years into it, they look okay, and then give them a five-year contract extension for the bank, and then they're crap the next four years. Like, you have to let these coaches – you have to find out because – these guys have no loyalty to these schools. I understand that you're trying to lock up and make sure your program's good for the next years, but most of the time, all you're doing is harming your school, then you're helping it. So I sell, I keep selling. Chris, I didn't get to hear last week's podcast, so I'm curious. What are you on this? I'm buying. I'm buying. You're, I'm you're buying. buying. But I'm smart. I'm smart at that. Of course you would buy it. Of course you'd buy it. I want to hear. Let me hear how you're smart about it and why you're buying it. better be a good reason, too. Real good reason. Well, you know, it's a double-edged sword. And you don't sign the guy. And so what's the name sign the guy? Like, stop off, for example. You really haven't been that late. But you sign him. That's really well. It wasn't just well that you should get, right? So you sign him for a four-year deal. And, you know, when two years in, you start using it, the impenders, right? The, the 
about the in the playoffs. Why wouldn't you give him a bigger contract for, you know, another five more years just so it's an incentive for that guy not to jump to... They jump the anyway. They ju- they I know they anyway. don't. They, I know they jump, but when they do, like... Let them jump, I mean... You try and lock them up from, you know, in hopes that you can keep the guy. But it not like... You're not on the hook for that contract itself, but I, I think the, it jumps it, it that other school has to pay that contract, right? Yeah, yeah, but most of the time, yes, they do. The, usually there's a buyout clause or how much the school has to pay if you jump the program. Yes, that and is I true. Think, I, I think David was talking about something last week about a poison pill, where you can't just hire a guy after, you know, if they've gotten the contract extension. There's like a there's like a rule in the contract where, like, if it was Texas trying to buy out humans from Liberty, they didn't do it because about the contract, I don't know. Oh, there's so many things you can add to contracts. You, I mean, you literally could sign a contract to a coach and say, okay, if you decide to leave us, 100%, you have to pay us, 100, you know, you're, the school that's right. signing you has to pay your whole contract back to us. And, you know, well, some like, of some them are. Like, out there, I don't care. At least you have that in the contract, and you know you're I mean, still in the not... and it, it, you have this guy who built the program, and you have all these players that are committed to him. Why wouldn't you show the players that okay, we're committed to this guy for the next four years? I don't think that matters. I think the NCAA already needs to change the rule about commitments because a lot of these school kids are not committing to a school. Because they want to go to that school. Some do, yes, very much so. No, true. no, they're right. They're committing to the coach. They're committing to the coach. So that is another subject we can talk about another day about call. You know, we the NCAA. I sell that next week. Yeah, we can buy and sell that next week and talk about that next week. Go ahead, Tyler. I hear you in the background. Want to add was the guy that comes to mind for me um, is Luke Fickle in Cincinnati um, because yeah. you know he's better. Um, Big time schools. I mean, Cincinnati's a solid program, but we know that there, you know, are way bigger schools out there than him, than them have been interested in him. He says he's going to stay, but we've heard that before. Uh, but you know, you know, he's they're pulling like big time Ohio recruits to Cincinnati, which is insane when you think about you know Ohio State obviously is in Ohio and. But- they can go to Cincinnati and start now instead of sit behind in Ohio State for two years. Right. But I mean we I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I think there's something to be said about somebody saying, Oh yeah, I went to Ohio State. Oh even though I'm so. not an Ohio State fan. But you you know what I mean. Oh but, very much so, yeah. You know, very, like he's shown that he's a very, very good recruiter because he's able to I mean, Ohio is one of the biggest uh, you know, high school recruitment for football that there is. I mean, they're yeah. up there. So the fact that he's getting so many Ohio recruits tells you that he's a really good coach. You know, so he's going to be one of them guys, you know, they've already been after him as it is. Will he Will he bounce at one point? You know what I mean? So I, I do think there should be some kind of um, protection 
for the school and for the kids because, like you said, no. Uh, let's be honest. I mean, Cincinnati Bearcats. They're they're like you know, there's nothing wrong. They're a decent school. They're usually always pretty decent. There you know, they're really good this year apparently. But yeah, but if you you know, people that are going to Cincinnati is going to Cincinnati because of Luke Fickle. They're not going there because they want to be a Cincinnati Bearcat. Oh yeah, very much. Um, I mean, spe- yeah. So, I mean, I that's mean, a really good example of what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, Brian Kelly was at Cincinnati. Butch Jones was Cincinnati, you know, before jumping, and now Luke Fickle. I mean, it's, Cincinnati is a, one of those project schools. You know, I can go there, prove my worth to these bigger schools to step my stuff up. And some schools understand that. So they don't, you know, they know that's what they're going to be. And that's always going to be the way. So trying to sign these guys because of, you know, trying to say to keep them around longer, they're going to jump ship because, Alabama's, Michigan's, uh, Clemson's, Tennessee's, the SEC, the Big Ten. They're going to just come in there and be like, yeah, we can pay this guy's little contract no matter what, how much you pay him, because you can't afford what we can afford. So, you know, I see it. And big thing around it right now is a lot of Michigan fans are tired of John Harbaugh, and he's probably outside the door, you know, this year. And a lot of them are clamoring for Luke Fickle to come into town. But Luke Fickle's an Ohio man through and through, went to Ohio State, played at Ohio State, coached at Ohio State. So it would be really interesting to see if Luke Fickle would take the call if Michigan called. That's a lost cause. Yeah, it's a long – yeah, Harbaugh's been – it's Harbaugh's time to go. This yeah, team. it is, but that's a, that's a subject yeah. another day. That's yeah. 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 So, okay. Yeah, we'll go ahead and keep moving on because I think we, we're just going down a huge uh, – rabbit hole with coaching extensions there we'll, we'll talk about it more on the later episode but we'll talk about the uh, buy or sell the Steelers chase for prote- protection uh perfection wow sorry the Steelers chase for protection are you buying or selling it there Tyler <laughs> and why is it the biggest sell you've ever seen if Dude, you, you buy the Steelers yeah, are Okay, if you if you buy that the Steelers are really in pursuit of an undefeated season, then let me just say this: I got some oceanfront property here in Ohio that I want to sell you because <laughs> they look like, they look like the most overrated Timino team I've ever seen in my life. Okay, so and I'm not even that old. So, but either either way, um, we'll, we'll use someone older's life. Uh, Lil B's live, Chris's live. Let's do those, okay? I, I just don't buy it. Um, there's right. literally no way in God's green earth that they're going, you know, undefeated this year. Um, it's it's a big sell for me. Right. Chris, are you buying or selling the Steelers Chaser per- Perfection? I'm selling this as far as I can sell it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the Steelers are 10-0. And I, I, they haven't played anyone, you know, they haven't played yet. Well, they're in the end. They played the Ravens and they played the Titans. But outside of the Ravens and the Titans, they ain't played in oh, the Browns without Nick Chubb. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm selling. Sorry, I'm not buying. <laughs> I'm selling. Yeah. They're in the somebody. They're in the in the Browns. Yeah, I'm I'm selling this. There's no way in hell. The Steelers are not the New England Patriots of yesteryear. The New England, uh the Pittsburgh Steelers are the most overrated 10-0 team. They are 
like the Green Bay Packers of last year that are winning games when they shouldn't be winning games. They struggled against mightily against, I mean, so did my Packers. I mean, they beat them by 24 points, but it should have been a bigger win against the Jacksonville Jaguars today. They also struggled against the Cowboys and barely won that game. They've struggled against the Tennessee Titans. They've struggled against the Ravens. I mean, yeah, they've got some wins against those teams, but struggled against the Broncos, struggled against the Texans, struggled against the Eagles. I mean, they struggled. The only team, the only time they really looked dominant was against these crappier teams. You know, the Giants, they were all over the field, even though the Giants put up, ended up putting up some points against them. The Bengals that one week. This Pittsburgh Steelers team, sorry to tell it out there, Steelers fans, you're not winning the Super Bowl with this team. You're not that good. You're going to probably be a one and done, if even win one in the playoffs this year. So I'm saying yeah. that you guys are going to end yeah. up winning. You're they losing. got no running game. Sorry to interrupt you. They got no running yeah. game as well. They have no running game. Yeah. But that hasn't been an issue yet. You're right. They have no running game. Connor is not the answer. Anthony McFarland, Benny Snell, they're, you know, and it's a little too much. In it's, there. A whole lot, it's a line, It's a mindset. Yeah. So, no, they're losing at least two to three games in the regular season, and then they're not going to go far in the playoffs. They have no chance on beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Sorry. The, the Kansas City Chiefs would just wipe the floor with them. Uh, so, yeah, sell all day. Sorry about that, David, out there, if you're listening. Your team's not that good. Uh, we'll keep moving on and talking about uh, coaching personnel wearing masks on the sideline. I'm going to go ahead and just jump on this one. I am selling this all day long, every day. It makes absolutely no sense to me that a coach has to wear a face mask or a face shield. They go through the same exact protocol of all the players, and yet they have to wear a face mask when you have the third, fourth, sixth string tight ends, wide receivers, running backs, offensive linemen on the sideline who never see a down wearing nothing but a coach who goes through all the same precautions has to wear a mask or will get fined by the nfl and the nc you know the players union you can't tell me that makes sense or that's right i I get covid i get the whole thing but they're going through the same precautions and you see all these players who never even get a down on special teams or even when the game's a blowout wearing face masks but a coach has to i sell that all day long Sorry, Tyler, what do you got on it? Buy or sell, coaches and having to wear a face mask. Yeah, I'm selling too. And I can't add a whole lot more than what you did because you pretty much covered it from my perspective. I, I don't get it. Doesn't make sense to me. Probably never will. Um, I don't understand, you know, why you know, why they're pressing these head coaches to wear masks, but you know, you got players on the sideline who ain't when they're all around each other anyways, they're all you know, they're around each other every single day, you know. My thing is you you got to make everybody wear a mask or nobody. It, it doesn't make any sense to make just the head coaches wear masks because it doesn't, you know, to me it doesn't make any kind of difference. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely selling because I just, to be honest, I don't understand it. So I don't either. It makes no sense. I'm watching the, you know, Sunday night football game, which – Tyler's predicted so far being a shootout, 14-14. But, you know, it makes no sense at all. And it's the truth is, it's not the coaches that are coming back positive most of the time. It's these players. And these, you know, sometimes it's stars, don't get me wrong, but sometimes it's these third stringers, second stringers that are going out and doing stuff that they probably shouldn't be getting tested for, you know, COVID. So you're going to punish the coach, but not the players who don't play. 
I'm with Tyler 100%. All have to wear or no have to wear. If they're going through the same precaution, it makes no sense. They all just tested negative as well. They don't play a game until they get their results back. So you know they're fine. So makes no sense to make a small portion wear it and then the other portion not. Chris, what do you have? Buy or sell? Yeah, I'm telling you. Well, I actually thought of it when I was watching the game earlier, and I'm like, that is so annoying now. I'm playing, you know, the 53 man roster, and they're not even that spread out, by the way. They're kind of pumped that they don't find out how all the players are out, blah, blah, blah. They're not spread out. They don't pump them in one spot. What the? Oh. Oh. Yeah. No, I have something in my throat. Oh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. And, and 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 the fines that they're handing out for not wearing the mask. <laughs> what? That's like a hundred thousand dollars, aren't they, for coaching for not wearing mask? Yeah, oh, and, and hold on here. If you talk about the what? What you pay your mask? What you pay something here? What you pay your mask? Ah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's so. I don't care if it's one time or two times. No, 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 it's in the air now. It's five, it's a hundred thousand dollars a piece for a coach, and then the team also gets fined two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. But I, I mean, we could sit here all day long, go down this massive rabbit hole, but you know what? I don't when think you get tested. Yes, everybody who's on the every okay. even in the fans who are in the stadium have to be tested before going into the stadium. That is the precaution that the NFL is doing, and these teams that are allowing know, fans. I did not know that part. Yes, fans have to be tested before they can go in, and they then they also go through the temperature check and the screening and all that. So they have to have a lot of things done before they're allowed into the games, which is well, good. Well, know that used to that. No one was understanding. Well, yeah, let's, yeah, that's a whole different story for. A different podcast. So we'll keep moving forward to the uh, Misfits games of the week. And the first one we're going to cover is the Titans versus the Ravens. And I know Tyler is probably loving this because Lamar Jackson is what he thought he was for Tyler. Lamar Jackson is struggling mightily. He is nothing but a runner this year. He is under 50% or around 50%, you know, completion rating. He Looks awful. The offense is completely, you know, nowhere near where they were last year in, in talent. I mean, and they added talent. Marquise Brown is not seeing the ball whatsoever. Their best playmaker. They finally got using the J.K. Dobbins this week over Gus Edwards. Why that took so long is beyond me. The Ravens, you know, I thought they were going to win this division easily, but that is not the case. These Ravens are now, you know, in the hunt for the playoffs. They're not even in the playoffs right now. So they have a lot of work to do to get back into the playoffs. Uh, they could easily get swept by the Steelers because the Ravens have just mightily struggled. I mean, the only and the Tennessee, they're still squeaking out wins. I'm not impressed by Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill is falling apart. He's an okay quarterback. The only reason they win games is because Derrick Henry just destroys people. And makes nobody want to tackle him by the end of the game. And then Derrick Henry just, you know, feast at the end of the games to win games like he did today. Uh, I, that's all I really have for this game. Good for Tennessee for winning. I wish I could see Baltimore rebound, but 
I just don't see it with their offense and how bad they've been struggling lately. So, Tyler, do you have anything on this game? Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised by this outcome. Um, I mean, I said before the year started, I didn't think Baltimore would be as good as they, you know, were last year, and they haven't been. And, I mean, I'm willing to take it even further. I mean, let's just be honest about this. Lamar Jackson is an absolute trash quarterback as far as a passer goes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I mean, we, we have now almost, I mean, we're working on the third year of of seeing him, and, and, and two out of the three years he's been an absolute awful passer. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about the player alone, you can say that he's a fine player just for the fact that he can do other things, you know, running the ball, he's a threat. But if we're talking about a quarterback, I mean, he's just not good. I mean, not at all. Um, and I don't think he ever will be. Um, and, and, you know, he's holding – he's going to hold them back because any game that they don't control, he's not going to be able to come back and win it for them. Uh, we've seen it before, and we continue to keep seeing it. Yeah, uh, just a little fun stat I just pulled up and I did the math for. In 31 games he has started for Baltimore, he is only averaging 1.8 touchdowns a game. He has 56 total touchdowns – or 56 passing touchdowns in almost 33 games, so two and a half seasons. That's not really uh, – I, I mean – Justin Herbert might get that this year. Yeah, at the rate <laughs> – yeah. At this rate, pretty much, Justin Herbert could probably get that to this year. Lamar Jackson, I think what's going to happen with him is that the Baltimore Ravens are just going to run him down for five more you – know, until five years of his contract is up and then just let him walk. I You can't pay a Lamar Jackson. He has not shown or proven he is worth the money, and he is a running quarterback. As soon as he gets hurt, it's going to happen. I, I, I'll keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it. These running back – running quarterback who – and he's he's getting caught this year. He's not being the same elusive threat he was years past. Teams are figuring him out. The run he's not running as successful as he has in the past. He he, he doesn't have a future in the NFL with his arm. You know, it's going to be all about his legs. He, something's going to happen. I don't see Baltimore giving him a massive contract. I would and I wouldn't be shocked by year four and if even year five if Baltimore drafts a quarterback early to kind of succeed him because he's done. Tyler, what or Chris, what do you have on the game? Uh, it, was a game, uh, uh, it was a very good I, game. I, I think that you know, you know, the Smith and you know, Ryan Tannehill a little bit here. No, I'm not the him, but he has some great love. He went to have some of them coming back. And he didn't believe in. Yeah, uh, they, Henry had that big run at the end, but no, he made some. Malone, uh, tight ropes, uh, A.J. Brown, and, and Davis, and John and Smith, and... No, A.J. Brown mm-hmm. did all the work on that touchdown. Yeah, no, yeah, he did. He did. He was an absolute bone bruiser. But, but as far as the final drive, like... He, he missed it, well, not the final drive, but the final drive before the overtime. He, yeah. he missed it, bro. Yeah, also, I'm you know what, I, I'm going to have to brag it here a little bit, you know. I, I hate to tell you I told you so, but I told you guys so that the offense can figure it out. And then, you know, once you have something new and, 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 and people with the, the offense and the rebounds, 
it doesn't matter. Eventually, the defense will end up. Yeah, we'll keep moving on to the saddest game of the week and probably one of the ugliest games of the week. Uh, the Bengals versus the Washington football team. And we've already kind of covered it, and I'll just cover it some more. You know, I hate seeing a young, impressive talent like Joe Burrow go down to an ACL tear, death in his first season. It sucks. It's not good for football. It's not good for the Bengals. Uh, But on that side note, the Bengals will not win a game rest of the year with Ryan Finley at quarterback. The Bengals will have another draft pick early, and they better use every single draft pick on an offensive lineman. Um. And just if now with Joe Burrow out, Joe Mixon's done for the year. I don't bring Joe Mixon back. There is no reason to bring him back. Just let him heal up and recoup for next year. The Washington football team, I hate saying that. That sounds so stupid. They have a scary front seven. They Their front seven is probably the best front seven in the NFL. They just need to work on that secondary, and they need a better offense. And I hate to say I told you so already. I don't care they won. They beat the Bengals. Ron Rivera is not a good head coach. He is an average head coach. He's never going to be more than what he is. The He's going to be an 8-8, eight 7-9 eight, head coach. I'm, That's nothing with this division. This division – I know, no. but, but they also they're, have they're, Alex Smith who probably not playing in the NFL. They're a 7-9, 8-8 eight eight team under Ron Rivera no matter what. They'll never be a 10-plus – 11 plus team with Ron Rivera. That's not the head coach Ron Rivera is. Ron Rivera is Jeff Fisher, plain and simple. Well, uh, the Washington football team will never be the 10 and uh, 11 one team. That's the Washington football team. Very true. And definitely with Numbnuts, Dan Snyder as the owner. But Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Ron Rivera is doing this, this town of service by making them at least in the open. But that is. That, 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 by the way, that one seven you right is a fucking monster. Please come and put me. Sweat is better right now. But but, I, I don't know. That, that team, yeah, that's why I was saying that they have an amazing front seven. Antonio Gibson needs to get the ball more. Get J.D. McKissick out of the damn offense and feed the rock to Antonio Gibson. Gibson is hand down. The, no, McKissick is just whatever. Sorry, that you're you're holding back Gibson. Get McKissick out of the offense. On that note, good for the football team. The team sucks. Tyler, what do you have on your Bengals Washington game? Well, I mean, first I refuse to call them the Washington football team. They're still the Redskins to me. I don't care if you like it or not. That's just the facts. But anyway, um, I mean, super boring game. I mean, all in all, and you know, obviously the the big takeaway from this game is. The injury to Burrow, we talked about it. It sucked. Um, I mean, maybe if we're looking for a a silver lining here, maybe it's that maybe now finally, after the Bengals have seen what happened to their quarterback, maybe they realize that, hey, it's time to get a decent offensive line around this guy because it has to be addressed. And and like you said, there's no doubt. They're not winning a, a game this year with Finley. Um, that guy is t- is terrible. Um, there's they got literally no chance to win a game the rest of the year with him. So obviously they're going to be picking very high again, and you know obviously that pick has to be used for alignment, and they need to just load up with linemen. That that's the bottom line. Um, should be a lesson, a hard lesson. Um, you know that you can't 
throw a quarterback out there, especially a promising one with a a line that is as bad as that they ha- you know as they have. They just need to look at the Houston Texans of yesteryear with David Carr. Is that what you want to happen to your quarterback? Because that's what the that's the future for Joe Burrow if they don't do something about that offensive line. Uh, Chris, what do you have on the Washington game in Bengal game? I mean, uh, the crowd really didn't know like, It's a crap. Like, I, like, it, it, it was dog shit. But, uh, <laughs> uh, no, there's another silver lining here is that, no, they don't look good. I mean, like, of course, I mean, they're a point of scoring, but, I really like Can you the say Bengals. their defense looks good against the Washington football team? Can you really yeah, say that? Yeah, like, that... I, I, yeah, I can say that. You know, I, I gotta find some silver lining, okay? <laughs> well, you're you're a better man than I am because I'm not giving that. Come on. But okay. anyway, a, I'm not even gonna give them that because they played against the Washington when, football team. Even when Joe Burrow was in the game and he drove them down the field, that loss didn't them, you know, have that turnover that was wild and crazy. Like, yeah. 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 Topic. We'll just move on because we're wasting way too much time and we're running long today on the this game because this game shouldn't even have been talked about for thirty seconds. Uh, <laughs> we're moving on to uh, Chris's game of the week in the Chargers versus the Jets. Justin Herbert, we've mentioned it, rookie of the rookie of the year, and at the rate he's going, he could even be talked about for MVP as a rookie. That's how well he's playing. He just plays for a crappy coach with a very crappy defense. There's no reason that the New York Jets should have put that much points up against the Chargers. It was an ugly game. Uh, I'd said in the a chat that if Anthony Lynn allows the New York Jets to come back and win, that Anthony Lynn should be fired on the spot. There's rumors that him and his whole staff will return next year. That is a massive mistake, definitely on the defensive side. I mean, I don't care if you give Lynn another year, even though he doesn't deserve it, but the bring bring back Russ Bradley is a complete joke and that should just automatically take Lynn out of the running. If you're going to bring him back, uh, there's not much more. Keenan Allen is better than what Chris wants to give him credit for. Cause Chris likes to hate on Keenan Allen. Yeah. He looked really good today. The whole team looked really you know who good. Else today. Looked good? Henry. About time. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah, he does. He he. That's that's the problem with Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry could be a top five uh, tight end in the league if he showed up week in and week out. But that dude loves to only show up when he wants to show up. And it's very frustrating because he could be a really good tight end in the NFL. He is a really good tight end when he wants to be. But I have no. I mean, it's bad. Yeah, it's yeah, bad that no Joe. Bad when Mike Williams has a good game, by the way. Well, you know it's bad when Joe Flacco has a good game. That just by the way, the whole be... rumor, this whole rumor that you no know, Anthony Lynn's coming back, that rumor. Oh, yeah, it's that no time of the year. There's no validity to it. No, it's and, just a rumor. And, and, God damn it, that happens. You no, know, 
Yeah, he is. Just because he's a great guy doesn't make him a great coach. I understand, I understand his mindset. The only problem with his mindset is he does not have the players that fit the coaching style that he wants to employ. It's almost that he's so, not a coach. No, yeah, he's not a coach. He don't call plays, by the way. Yeah. He's not play well, caller. I, he's, I he's don't a, mind that. A, that no, I, don't, I don't mind that either. But it, it, who's really at fault here is not at the end. It's the men black and guys that don't fit in the coach. Well, that's also on the coach because the coach has a, should have a massive say on that. Um, I don't think it does. I really don't think that anyone has as much say as we think it does. I, uh, we don't know. I mean, I think he does because I think he has a. I mean, you saw it in Hard Knocks. He was always in the, you know, GMs and talking. And every time he made it, he said something. A decision was made the next day. What 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 he said. So I think Lynn has a pretty good voice with the GM. Maybe, and, but I don't know. I don't get it. I just don't think. I think he has a a certain voice, and it doesn't collide with everybody he coaches or. Some people just don't respond to his coaching style. And, I mean, you can't get 53 players that like that kind of coaching style, no matter oh, what you do. Yeah. But the, the struggle like he does in the – he he's not, a, he's not a strategic coach. He's more of a leading coach. He's not a X's and O's coach. You know, I don't think he understands the game as much as he should as a running back of, you know, right. what he was in the play. It, it, I think it was but obvious. But he's not calling it – I'm that – and most agents that living up in Queens. Oh, very much so, and that's the problem. And the, and that Gus Bradley still there. No, so I don't know, uh, Tyler. We've let you sit there quietly for a little while. Do you have anything on this game? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, oh, 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 no, I mean, look, same thing that I say every single week, it seems like, I don't know, five weeks, six weeks, whatever it's been. It's all about how good Justin Herbert is. Dude's amazing. Uh, this Chargers team's not very good, obviously. I mean, you know, the Jets were in this damn thing. So, I mean, obviously, they're not a good team, but they, they have promise at quarterback, obviously. And to kind of go with what Lil B said at the beginning, you know, if this team was a little bit better than what they are, I think Herbert would probably be a legit MVP candidate. But the reality is, is they're a three of seven team, and because of that, obviously there there's no way that's happening for him. But he does have um, rookie of the year on lockdown. Yeah. Oh, also uh, one more update uh, for viewers and still the head Funny enough, I was actually just looking that up myself, good sir, because that that is our uh, weekly rundown. Adam Gay still has a job. And at this note, seriously, Joe Douglas needs to be fired. I know we said that too. Oh, and he still is too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Jets are a complete joke. I mean, this is – they are literally making sure they lock up that number one seed, and they have to now because with Joe Burrow out and Ryan Finley in at Cincinnati, Cincinnati could run for that number one seed. and. Cincinnati would love that because they could trade that draft pick for the Kings ransom for a team who needs a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's gonna be interesting to happen there with that. But we'll go ahead and move on. 
Oh, God, yeah. So the last game of the week uh, of the Misfits games of the week is my Packers versus the Indianapolis Colts. I have so much I could say about this game. What happened in the Tell second half? Tell us how you really feel. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. What really happened in the second half is beyond me. We were obviously the dominant better time. <laughs> oh, we choked. I don't even know if you could say we. our offense didn't choke because our offense were never. Yeah, our defense, our defense completely choked. Mike Petson is trash. How he – I tweeted today, it's time for Matt LaFleur to be a head coach and man up and stop making excuses for the defense and Mike Petson and re- cut Petson, fire him. It's time for him to go. On third and 20, third and 20, you're playing 20 yards deep soft pressure. You're literally giving them so much free yards. It's ridiculous. He does this all the time. Fourth and one, third and one, fourth and two. He will literally have a five-yard cushion on all of his corners and on all of his plays, literally giving yards away to these players. His defensive style works, and literally he – Loves to run a nickel set, which means he runs six corners and one linebacker. And that is why we get chewed up on the run. It literally was shown. They even said it multiple times throughout the show or the, the game. Oh, look, it's a one quarterback set. Bam. You know, one linebacker set. Running play, running play, running play. When he finally threw two linebackers in, we, we stuffed the run a little bit. But what does he do? Oh, we're stuffing the run. Let me pull out my linebacker again and go back to six nickels. Oh, and look, it, they're we made Jonathan Taylor who's looked like complete trash this year, look like a fucking all-star. It, it's time to go. We're, our defense has way too many big names and talent to be playing like they're playing. It is time to move on from Petson. Moving on from that, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. He's looking fantastic. The big note from this game, Indianapolis obviously doesn't know how to block without holding players. And no, the Packers weren't getting the calls. They were all legit, fair holding calls and almost every penalty this game was fair. I don't think there was a bad penalty called. Um the other big thing, it was stupid Matt LaFleur to not use Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones on that final drive in the fourth or in the overtime. Why giving the ball to a deep threat only wide receiver on third and two is beyond me. The ball should only be in Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams hands. MVS should have never even been on that list. I, I would have put Jamal Williams would be in front of MVS for that play. That play was a dumb play call, and it ended up losing the game for us. We wasted too much time on the final drive. We should have scored. I didn't like the final play call to try to score a touchdown. There was a lot. I mean, good for the Packers for making a comeback. They should have never needed to make. Our defense doesn't like making plays when they're needed to be made. I mean, there's just so much about this game I didn't like. The Packers are not a Super Bowl contender. I'll be I'll be happy at this rate of the year. We'll make the playoffs. Our division sucks. We the Cowboys just beat the Vikings, which is better for us. I mean, we have our division probably in hand. The Lions lost to the Carolina Panthers without their starting quarterback. Uh, Chicago's on a bye, so they lost because of how they're playing lately. So this is our division. I don't. We're not going to even be a two seed. We're not a one. We were. We could have been the number one seed, and at this rate, with how we played, we're not gonna. We're gonna just win our division. Have to play somebody. Maybe win a game at home, and then we're done. The NFC. There's not an NFC team in my eyes that are winning the playoffs this year or winning the Super Bowl. It's Kansas City's game. I've said it multiple times. I'll keep staying down it. They're the dynasty. They're gonna win under Patrick Mahomes. Those are the big takeaways from my game. I mean, Kevin King is trash. He's gone. Aaron Jones is gone. We're not going to pay him after David Baccarati. 
MVS needs to go. He just all he does is make mistakes. Darius Shepard. Why we keep using Darius Shepard is beyond me. Darius Shepard, all he does when he is the big moment of the game, fumbles the ball, drops the ball, whatever. He is trash. Why he is why he was put back there time after time after time again in that game is beyond me. Our special teams coach needs to go magnanality or something like that. There's a lot of mistakes, and Matt LaFleur was outcoached by probably a better coach than Frank Wright today. So that's what I have. I could go all day long about this game with my takes. Tyler, do you have anything on the Packers-Colts? Yeah, I mean, I guess the Packers' biggest problem for me is just their run defense is terrible. Oh, Um, we can't stop a wet paper towel. Like you said, I mean, Taylor hasn't really had a really good season this year, really. So, But he comes in there and does, you know, a pretty good job against them. And, you know, that that's a big issue for, for them. Um, you know, the Packers are better than what I thought they would be this year anyways. Um, but, you know, I don't know what, what – you know, their problem is, is if they go up in the playoffs against a team that has a really good running back, or at this point doesn't even matter, you know, is any team that runs the football at a decent rate, I mean, they might be in trouble because they just can't stop it. You know, I, I agree, you know, with Roger. He's definitely in the MVP conversation at the very least. Um, but, you know, their they're run defense is scary to me. Yeah. One last thing, too, you know, before passing off to Chris. The underuse of Aaron Jones is beyond me. Aaron Jones, I love Jamal. Jamal's a good running back. He's not a great running back. Aaron Jones is a great running back. Aaron Jones is more explosive, makes bigger plays when needed to be made. And the underutilization and the times he was not on the field was beyond me. Like, Jamal deserves time, don't get me wrong, and deserves carry. But it should be like a 70-30 split. And today, it was like a 50-50-60-40 Jamal, and that makes no sense. Like, I don't know why we're underutilizing Aaron Jones. Are we trying to, like, say, hey, look, he didn't play that well, even though he's scoring a touchdown almost every game he plays, so he doesn't get a massive contract? I don't get it. But Aaron Jones, Matt LaFleur needs to get Aaron Jones more involved into the games. And it just should be Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams with a throw in of Robert Tanyan and a deep shot here and there to MBS. But that's all MBS ever should be is a deep threat. The dude is not that great of a route runner, and he has hands of steel most of the time. My brother likes – I'll give my brother at Big B some credit here. I don't know if it's credit, but he likes to compare MBS to James Jones' career path. James Jones at the beginning of his career, all he loved to do is make a beautiful catch, hard catch, and then drop the easy wide open catches or make fumbles like MVS does. It's a fair comp sometimes, but by this time in the career, James Jones was a lot better than what MVS is. Chris, what do you have on the game? First of all, James Jones. No James Jones slander on the show. I love James Jones. James Jones, great guy. I have James Jones autograph. I know, he's a great dude. James Jones. He's like one of the most underrated parts of that Super Bowl team, by the way. Oh, very much so. Um, no, MVS is not compared to James Jones. MVS is all spent out shit. Come on. Yeah, at this point. In order, in order to compare to James Jones, you have to be good. By the way, okay, so I understand the point of getting NBS a ball, and if you know that, they have a good game. Like, I'm not going to 
come out here and lie and tell fake news here. And yet that's the case. But why, I, what is wrong? Something's wrong with Aaron Jones. It, it has to be something wrong with him. Because we don't see him on the field. He's disappeared. I don't know. Like, I mean, he, he he's not on the injury reports anymore. So there's something wrong with this guy. If he was fully, I honestly, I honestly think if Matt Lafleur, I th- I no, he's not on the injury report. He has. I mean, the Packers are legit. Like they've been the most precautious pl- team when it comes to people on injury. I, I honestly think it's Matt Lafleur trying to be too creative sometimes. I, I, no, 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 to do a cut, you know, a block and release, and then, Aaron, you know, play action. That was a horrible call. I didn't like that call. I like going for it on fourth. I didn't like that call. I, I mean, I thought there was a lot of bad play calls today. On offense, there was a lot, you know. Nothing against MVS. I mean, he he is what he is. That I just read a stat in 42 games. That's his first career fumble. So it's a shitty time for it to happen, but. And when the game's on the line and you have the chance to win the game, you give the ball to your best playmakers. MVS is only a deep threat. He is not a route running, get in the, you know, get him the ball deep. That ball should have went to Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones. That's then again, Matt, Matt LaFleur being too cute with the offense and trying to give the ball to somebody different because the off the defense wasn't expecting it. Give it to your playmakers. Plain and simple. Give it to your best players and let them make a play. I would rather lose trying to give the ball to Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones than giving it to a guy on a fake screen. <sighs> Whatever. I mean, I can go all day. You know what they don't say is no out the truth you. Yeah. So and, you got to go out with uh, Aaron Jones or Adams touching the ball. Yeah. Also, fourth and four, let's back it up, okay? I'm going to back it up to when, uh... Yeah, I know. Go ahead. I know what you're talking about. You don't need to figure it out. Okay, so, they got five holding calls. <laughs> five holding yeah. calls. How the hell did they take him both this slide? I mean, I don't even understand, like... That, that's my point. It, we literally... It was third and 20. That was my point on third and 20. Third and 20, and you're pushed back 15, 16, 17 yards off the ball from the wide receivers. You're giving you know, so many free plays. You're, you you're automatically assuming that they're going to go put you the ball or kick a field goal on fourth down. That is you know such a dumb... They like to They like to run that draw play. That's that, that's that MO of fucking... Wait, that was a... That play was a wide receiver... Uh, a screen to the running back. Oh, wait, sorry, I was thinking of a wrong play, sorry. Yeah, oh, that was a great play. And then, and then, uh, what the fuck was it? You know, oh, man. That point By right the there, Matt LaFleur sure went to in fire cutting. Uh, and I have to, you know, blonde and flat right now. 
one of the men in the Hall of Famer. Yeah, when Joe Buck said that, I was like, ooh, Joe, Joe, come on, buddy. Joe, Joe's in getting bad there. Philip Rivers definitely deserves to be in that, uh, in that conversation. Marino. But does that mean anything now? No Flacco could pass Dan Marino. That stat doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, Philip well, Rivers is definitely a Hall of Famer. I'm, I'm not saying definitely. Gonna, I'm not right, saying definitely. Yeah, well, let's uh wrap this up and get to our Monday night predictions. We are running really long. This is going to be almost a two-hour episode. Uh, oh, no, before right. I did, Tyler, did I get your thoughts on the game? <laughs> yes. Okay, I, I got all wrapped up into my stuff. I forgot if I asked Tyler. So we'll move on to Monday night predictions, and then we'll wrap up the show because this is a really long episode today. Uh, Monday night is the Los Angeles Rams versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it's going to be a really good shootout game. I mean, they both – I don't even know if I can say shootout because they both have really good defenses. So if the defense yeah, shows up – I mean, yeah, I I have Tampa Bay winning this game. I'll just go ahead and get this wrapped up fast from on my end, and I'll pass it off. I have Tampa Bay winning. I it could be a really close game, or it's going to be a blowout by Tampa Bay. I wouldn't be shocked on either end, but I'm going to give Tampa Bay the win by a touchdown. Let me say like 28-21. Tyler, what do you have? Um, I'm also picking uh, Tampa Bay to win. Um. I'll say 27-23 in a little closer of a game. Chris? I'm going to put the Rams. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Be a little different. And I think it's going to be close. 28-20. Uh, uh, All right. Well, that's this week's episode of the All-Time Misfit Podcast. We greatly appreciate you tuning in. Uh, for that note, this is Little B. At Brunelli Sports, uh, Chris. Tyler. Yeah, you can find me at p underscore demand. You can find our Twitter account at atmisfitspod. And don't forget to find us on Facebook at the All Time Misfit Podcast and on iTunes. Uh, like and subscribe and review. We greatly appreciate it and have a great week. <laughs>